0: If you don't subscribe to our Women's Performance newsletter, you are definitely missing out. It's totally free. So head over to womensperformance.com and subscribe now. That's womensperformance.com. This podcast is a production of Feisty Media. Hello Feisties. This is our very last episode of the Women's Performance podcast of the year. I hope Everyone stays happy and healthy and gets some good downtime over the holidays. Our first episode of the new year comes out on January 8th, and in the two weeks, in the meantime, we will be posting two of our most popular episodes from 2023, so if you didn't get to listen to them then, hopefully you have a chance to catch up now. Producer Carrie and I are already planning some great episodes for 2024, including CEOs, athletes, and researchers. So I am super excited about that. If you do hear a little background noise during this intro, it's because there is literally a Christmas party (laughs) happening just outside my office. So hopefully that provides a little extra cheer. For this episode if you can hear it. Um, we also have some great educational content coming down the pike on our Instagram page which is feisty underscore women's underscore performance. Just search up feisty women's performance in Instagram and you will find our page and follow along. My amazing guest today is the one and only Gina Grain. She is a Canadian retired professional road and track cyclist who won a silver medal in Women's Scratch at the 2006 UCI Track Cycling World Championship, and then two years later, Gina finished ninth at the 2008 Summer Games. Over the years, she also raced with various teams, including the Canadian national team, from 2000 to 2011, as friends helped pry her away from her first cycling love, mountain biking. And for those who aren't familiar with track cycling, imagine riding in a pack of 20 athletes like Tour de France style, but you're sideways halfway up the wall of a curved angled track, moving faster than any Tour de France cyclist would on the road while jostling around with other athletes for position. It's wild. Um, And Gina definitely excelled at it. She also holds a master's in exercise science, focusing on strength and conditioning, and now works with clients through her business, Train With Grain. Gina impressed me not only with her raw athletic talent, but because when she had a soccer related injury early in her career, she turned it not only into an Olympic top 10 in another sport, but also into a lifelong journey of helping others remain strong, agile, and injury free. Gina and I talked about her incredible journey through every type of cycling, how she helps all kinds of different athletes stay resilient and improve their strength and economy, and how she works with athletes who are over 50 that are accomplishing incredible things. I hope you enjoy our conversation as much as I did. Hi Tina, how are you today? I am good, thank you. I am so excited to talk to you. You've had such a tremendous athletic career um which kind of blows my mind in terms of all the different types of cycling that you've <laughs> that you've been successful at, but tell us some of your favorite moments.
1: Some of my favorite moments. First of all, one of my favorite moments is right now, thank you for having me on the show. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love it. It wasn't the Olympics; it was the Women's Performance Podcast. Yeah,
1: it was a, it was a chance for me to um, uh, um, continue living the dream.
0: <laughs> Sweet.
1: So, uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, um, some of my favorite athletic moments would definitely be the Olympics, of course. Um, but even, even, even just just as equally, the Commonwealth Games in in, in Australia was a wonderful experience. Uh, even, even down to. Um, of course winning the the tour to Gastown three times in Vancouver there's nothing like winning in front of your home crowd <laughs> and that's actually um one of my my most memorable experiences uh in, in in my career but um and then of course the journey and 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 for me in my athletic career I always made um you know a, a point to myself saying you know what if, if you're not enjoying it then mm-hmm. then then don't do it and I'm not I'm not saying that every single workout I loved by any any stretch, but you know what I needed to enjoy what I was doing. and And that's what helped me carve my path towards the Olympics actually.
0: Mm-hmm. Is there, you know, it's interesting you mentioned the, the race in Gastown um, because I think I, there, there's sometimes really special moments in someone's athletic career that aren't necessarily like the, the heavy hitting, like the events, like the Olympics and like the Commonwealth Games. Like you said, you know, what is what goes into those kind of special performance moments? Like what makes it what makes those moments special for you?
1: No, I would have to say of course tour to Gaston is just the crowds and mm-hmm. the way, the way they, that they, they, they pr- promote it. And, and this, the support, you know, they my some of my most memorable, memorable um, races are definitely the, the crowds and they, they pump you up. Right. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and the crowds actually help with your performance. And that's an interesting topic on its own, mm-hmm. but, but, but that, you know, that's a motivating, a motivating factor. And, um, that's I think that's it you know apart from you know performing in front of all your friends and families which can be nerve-wracking as well but um but yeah but I would I would say that the energy you know we we we, performance is multifaceted and 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 um people who rise you up raise your performance and 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 the crowds did that for me at tour yeah
0: it takes a team right
1: oh yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um did you play sport as a kid When I was a kid, I, um, I was a soccer player and, um, I, I had my sights on going to the Olympics in soccer actually. Um, and, uh, then a series of, uh, ACL tears and cartilage tears and all that kind of stuff kind of, um, uh, made that dream fizzle away because, um, by, by the age of about, what was I 18, 19, I already had osteoarthritic knees. Yeah. From so much, um, uh, from so many, so many. ACL incidents, um, like subluxations, et cetera. It Mm -hmm. did a lot of damage um, in my knee joint. And um, my doctor said, basically, I would never run again. And um, yeah, it was pretty pretty devastating. It was a really hard time for me because I was on path to be provincial level, national level uh, soccer player. So that was a really tough time in my life. And I had to uh, reset um, significantly.
0: Is that when you started riding?
1: it was yeah after after that i actually um you know with that news i just you know i was trying to run with two knee braces on and i would play volleyball with two knee, knee braces on and my knees would still pop out and i'm like Ugh. so then i started uh weight training pretty pretty heavily and, and i got into uh weight training and i've been doing weight training for a long time now because that was in basically grade 11 12 and i was you know call it a gym rat for going to the gym with my friends every every day of the week and then um my gym friend said, hey, um, I have a mountain bike. Do you want to borrow it? And I'm like, ah, sure. Because I was always on the uh, the, the random c- cycle on the stationary bikes every single day. And I just hammer. <laughs> and she was like, well, if you like that so much, why don't you try it? And I didn't even know what mountain biking was. So anyways, long story short, she let me borrow her mountain bike. And I went up there by myself and came back like all muddy and just like had the best time in the world. I'm like, wow, that's fun. Mm-hmm. And so that was uh, kind of the the, the beginnings of my career in cycling was mountain biking and then got into mountain bike racing and so forth.
0: Right. And I definitely want to ask about that. But I was just thinking about your journey with the ACL tears and events, as you said. Do you think that you could have been like as a young woman, like you could have been better supported um, in terms of like the medical support that you had or what we knew about training around ACL tears? Like, do you feel like there's work to do there for girls now or that do you feel like it's something's changed now
1: there i mean it's a there's been a massive change uh i see it because i have trained many many girls who have torn their acl in the past even two years like for for years but for some reason even right now there's a massive i'm gonna call it almost an epidemic of acl errors that are happening and whether that's the right word or not or whether it is, but I have trained many, many people. Um, you know, when I tore my ACL, they just said it was a sprain, and hmm. oh, it's just a sprain, wow. yeah. And then I kept on popping out. I'm like, okay, <laughs> what's with this, right? And then, and then finally, yeah, I got the support. And then the follow up support was was it was nothing. So I, I did no specific rehab for it because they just didn't know to prescribe it. Um, so it has been a massive change now because now, um. You know we have those resources and, and 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 the knowledge to 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 help people recover from ACL injuries
0: yeah that's really good to hear okay so you start mountain biking right this like sort of sets you on this path to eventually you know competing at the Olympic Games for Canada the track but tell us that tell us the progression like how did you? You know, any but you won. You started winning things in every in every like in every category of cycling, like on the road or the mountain bike. Tell us this journey. I'm I'm very I'm very curious.
1: You know what? I, I it was an interesting path because I just kind of took opportunities as they came, and, and and really I thank everybody that gave me those opportunities because I, I wouldn't have. I, I don't think I. It may not have happened. For example, my friend gave me the mountain bike and then my other friend was saying, hey, do you want to go to Silver Star to watch this uh, race? Um, I was like, okay. And we didn't plan to race. I didn't race. And then we're like, oh, should we race? <laughs> and then we got a citizen's uh, license right there in the day and raced. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that was fun. And so that got me into that. And then someone said, oh, let's." Uh, I, I think um, you should do the BC uh, Summer Games. And, but you needed to do both mountain bike and road biking, you couldn't just do one. And I'm like, oh, no. I, don't, I don't have a road bike. Yeah, but yeah, you have, you have to do both. Wow. No. <laughs> but I didn't have a road bike. So um, then uh, the, uh, a, bike, a bike store in Penticton gave me a road bike to use. Um, and I got silver a silver medal on the, on the road. Uh, on the, on the, on like track. when you
0: accidentally get a silver medal on the road, that's amazing.
1: <laughs> and I didn't meddle in mountain biking, which I kind of wanted to go there for. <laughs> right. that, was, that was like the, the shimmering, the shimmering moment there, which I didn't know that. And I didn't, I'm like, I'm not a, for years, I'm like, I'm not a road rider. I'm a mountain biker. I'm a mountain biker. I'm a mountain. No, I'm not. And then finally a couple of my friends were like, Gina, you're a road biker. Nope. You're a road biker. Nope. And eventually <laughs> I was resistant. And then a lot, a long story short, um, one of my friends, um, Leah Goldstein, actually, she's a, a r- racer across America. Um, champion and and it was a she was a, t- a teammate of mine for for years and uh, she said hey gino our road team needs a uh, i used to do road racing just for training in victoria the crits the wednesday night uh, crits there. oh yeah um, mm-hmm. and i would do fairly well in in, in those and anyways um leah Leia gave me the opportunity to go out to quebec to uh, road race and i really didn't know quite what i was doing uh except that i could sprint and Mm -hmm. uh, I got a couple really good uh, top five uh, top 10 results and then I got a contract with her team for the next year for a road team and I said okay I'll road race but I need to still mountain bike race
0: why the resistance like what did was mountain biking didn't seem cooler somehow or like what what was the resistance to the road biking
1: and no one's ever asked me that question (laughs) I think it was just because it was it was more fun like mountain biking for me is really really fun but It's more fun than road biking for me, but road racing Mm. more fun than mountain bike racing for me now. Right. Interesting. The tactical tactical and technical aspects. Well, no, that's not wrong. Mountain biking is technical and tactical, but I prefer road, the road racing versus the mountain bike racing. I love mountain biking, but Mm -hmm. I I learned to love road, the road racing more than mountain bike racing. Right. Then I became became a full-time roadie. Nice. And was okay with it.
0: who is it you you came to terms with it
1: yeah, <laughs> Seems so it just became absolutely uh, the, the best the best part of my career and then uh, and then and then from there again somebody said uh, we we were training in, in in a town called trexler town in, in pennsylvania and i said you have a big uh, track there and there's big friday night track racing and my team was based out of there and uh they said hey gina um you should really try the track and i was kind of like "Well, what's that <laughs> right and they go oh it's a bike no gears what i uh, know brakes and uh you can't stop pedaling all right throw me in coach perfect, <laughs> perfect. that sounds fun yeah. <laughs> so i tried that and um was successful because i was a sprinter and and uh then i went to nationals uh that year and i won <laughs> uh and so i thought like, mm, that's a good start <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so uh then that's where i was like okay let's reset uh my goals for the because i did have goals of going to the olympics and uh, on the road And then I I set my goals to going on the track because um, it it really suited me.
0: I'd I'd really love to know if it really is as scary as it looks. Like like I've been in a velodrome once um, on an an outdoor one in Australia that didn't have the same kind of like camber, you know, and even then you could get going pretty good. You know, was it scary at first to be out there with with, like you said, like no gears, no brakes, just going for it? it, Was it hard to learn the skill?
1: Um. it, it came to me pretty quickly because like, I think it was on my first or second lap. I stopped pedaling and you get almost kicked off the bike. Great. <laughs> and, um, you literally, Hence my fear. <laughs> it, 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 it really just you literally almost end over. And so it, it's a pretty quick learning curve. And then you don't really do that much again. Um, I'll, I'll never forget. Um, I was at my first world cup in, um, in LA and my co I, I was scared. I was scared my pants off like I was just like so nervous. And um anyways my coach Eric vandenine uh at the time he was a, a Quebec uh he was from Quebec and he said to me in this Quebec language he goes hey Gina this is like going sorry excuse my french if it, uh, I I love that I love the <laughs> accent by the way it's really it's, it's definitely helpful the story. <laughs> french French accent and all go hey Gina this is like can you go you, you go into a boxing match now you you will make it, but you will really struggle through round eight. But you will survive, and then the bell goes off. I'm like, good pep talk, but it was great. It was great because it was like a boxing match. It was just like being, you know, not physically hit, but it was just the, one of the hardest things i would ever done to to date. And um, and did you struggle at round eight? Oh yeah. Well, round round probably halfway through or whatever, <laughs> whatever it is. But I was just, just hanging on for dear life. Right. <laughs>
0: The hydrophilic rubber nose pads actually get more grippy the more you sweat so they are secure and don't slide down your face even when you're running in hot conditions. No matter what sport you do, Tefosi has shades for you. Whether you love tennis, fishing, pickleball, running, cycling, or just hanging out on the beach. They are super reasonably priced, which I love, so I can have multiple pairs that go with any outfit. And of course, feisty listeners get a special discount. So head on over to TafosiOptics.com and use the code FM20. FM as in feisty media to get 20% off your order. That's FM20 at TafosiOptics.com. I'll put a link in the show notes to make it easy for you. Endurance sports should be accessible to everyone, right? And use the code FEISTY for two months of full premium access. That's right, you get two months of premium for free. So you quite literally have nothing to lose. you literally have nothing to lose. Okay, for those who aren't totally familiar with the track with track cycling, like just can you just outline what the various events are what the Olympic events are and then w- what you did?
1: Yeah, sure there's there's a, a lot of di- there's many different different kinds of events on the track, but there's what you call it a, a short race, which is um, a sprint. Okay, so it's either a five a five two hundred meter or a five hundred meter or a one a one kilometer go as fast as you can type thing. Uh that wasn't my event. My event was more endurance on the track. So that would be more like what we call a scratch race, which is um you go around, I don't know, eighty to hundred times and the first person across the line wins. Now that may seem like, well, of course, but during the race, of course, it's very similar to road racing where people are trying to get away and attack and you gotta chase them or some a little group might get away and oh it's like lots of tactical stuff well and it's it's similar
0: to road racing but you're like for people who are listening who haven't seen this but you're like sort of sideways (laughs) like you're (laughs) not you're not you're not wheels your wheels are kind of on an angle right like if you like you said if you stop pedaling you just fall in right
1: yeah and 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 it happened and there's really only you know you need to there's limited limited areas that you can pass because there's there's, you know what what was it 20 or 22 people on the track at one time and the track is small you don't have a big wide road Hmm. stop pedaling even to recover you can't stop pedaling so the the scratch race is actually what i got a silver medal in the world championships um, was the scratch race Um, the where the, the, the event that i went to the olympics in was called the points race and the points race is where you do 100 laps and every five every five laps you sprint for points. So you either get five points, three points, two points, or one point. And then at the end of the race, the person with the most points wins. <laughs> so you kind of got to like keep track of points. And in your head, you you know, knowing who has what. and So it's a, it's a bit of a math game there as, as well to try to figure all that out while your heart is at 180. And you're trying to pay attention to not crashing and you have no gears and one what uh, one one year and no break.
0: So <laughs> basically, I've never thought about that before. That that you're actually doing math at the time
1: yeah. while you're riding. Yeah.
0: yeah, cool. And so then at the Olympics, the Olympic Games. What which year did you go? Two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Okay. Were you expecting? You came ninth. Am
1: I right? That's right. Yes. And were you expecting to be in the top ten? I, I was. I thought my coach, my coach and I had, um, uh, you know, the, the possibility to be top definitely top top 10 and perhaps top five um depending on the, on the day um but at the end of the day um am uh, you know I was, of course wanting to to, to medal you know, as anybody does mm-hmm. but at the end of the day you know I was um you know fairly happy with my result and um there was a pretty significant crash in the middle of the race, which which I was I was able to avoid. Mm-hmm. Um, the girl hit me a little bit, and um, it's a devastating thing because you train your entire life and you could, you know, get taken out in in a you know blink of an eye. So I was really happy about that. Um, and and um, yeah, so it was it, there was an expectation there for a top top ten for sure. Amazing. Okay, tell us uh,
0: tell us a bit more about that crash. Um, what happened and how many people were involved. Yeah, you know what
1: I I I kind of um, uh, attribute my mountain biking skills to being able to survive that crash because uh, there was a Korean girl who whatever happened she I think she crossed wheels with somebody because it's very easy to do that if you on, on the track and she came over and basically bounced off me and then she went down and took out took out a, a couple more people so it was really you know uh, and and that's an important part of just keeping an overall strong body in order to be able to take those hits whether you're doing whatever you're doing, mountain biking or whatever, being able to, your body, your body's able to, 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 um, to, uh, handle that. And, and I was able to, which, which saved me from going down for sure. Mm-hmm. Amazing. In, in fact, in fact, actually I had a coach once who would, um, there's, there's a training device called rollers, right? You can either put your, right. your trainer or, or rollers. And so I would do uh, some bike work on some rollers. Actually, I need to thank Steve Lund for that as well because he would. Um, uh, I would be cycling on the rollers, and he would, he would throw a big stability ball at me. <laughs> yes, on the rollers, he would throw it at and I'd have to take the hit because uh, <laughs> he was. Tra- I was. I was training to be a, 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 a world class sprinter, and sprinting on the road or the track, there's always uh, um, con- not always, but often contact where people. You know, you're so close and might get a shoulder or or whatever whatever it is somebody might hit your bike and you need to be able to be strong so he was throwing this stability ball at me on the on the rollers
0: that's hilarious i i don't think i ever got out of the door frame in the, <laughs> the rollers you know where like just in case i tip there's something to catch right. me there yeah um, i still have my rollers though and i oh, mm, i haven't pulled them out for at least a year but yeah it's a great training tool um And then you, okay. I know you're super passionate about coaching now. Um, and I want to talk about this. You've also mentioned strength training quite a bit. How important was strength training to within like your cycling career and what types of training did you do for strength in particular?
1: Okay. So interesting. Um, that's a bit of a journey as well, because, um, as I mentioned, I was a big gym rat in, in high school and then, um, I continued training, but it was more, um, a little bit more self self guided, and I, I did have a coach. And in the early parts of my career, I did I, I still weight trained quite a bit. um
0: So, I, just a quick quick question there: when you said you're a gym rat, but I, I think you were
1: lifting then. Yeah, in in, in high school.
0: Yeah, yep. that's incredible. Because my I'm just thinking my own experience of high school in Canada was that like the boys good had like a PE during phys ed. They had did a lifting. They did weight training you know? And I think we did like archery or something in the same, I've talked about this before the podcast, like in the same period, like we did archery, like we weren't even able to do <laughs> weightlifting, which is really weird. So I was just kind of wondering. It's, it's clear and encouraging for me that you had a completely different experience. Um, and we're around the same age did. So how did you learn weight training? Like, was there someone in your life who was like, who taught you how to do that
1: in high school? Interesting. We, we just went to a local gym. It, we didn't have a gym at our, at our, at our high school. And it was, I think actually it was my friend's boyfriend. They had a little clan that went to the gym every day and then, and then she started going and then, and then, then I started going with her and we just, you know what, I, it, from what I remember back then, it was just the gym owner that really helped us learn that. And then, and then from there, then I went and got my basic BCRPA personal training certificate um, and then Um, you know, that was, you know, you know, I started training some people back just out of high school and I'm still training people now, but I have my master's in exercise science, um, based on strength and conditioning. Um, so it's been a, been a long, a long process, but, um, yeah, that's, that's how it started back then.
0: Yeah. And sorry I, interrupted your story through (laughs) when you were taking us through like your strength training, kind of like your strength training journey, which I'm very curious about.
1: Yeah. right. So early on in my career, um, heavy into weight training with cycling, and then, then it kind of shifted and no one really did strength training for endurance sports. They just, yeah, it just, there was, and, and you know what, I, and I did it on my own accord because I just loved strength training. So no one really told me to strength train. I just did it. Um, and then, and then, but throughout, you know, even the pro peloton uh, cycling, they just uh, didn't, didn't do it. We just miles. Didn't do miles. a single squat out there. Was <laughs> that? Didn't do a single squat. Despite no. It, it no, seems miles, so strange miles, to me. Miles. Yeah, that's it. And then, um, you know what, even, even training for the Olympics, I didn't, I didn't go in the gym. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then it wasn't until, um, really the, the turn really for strength training for endurance athletes has been in the past, say, I think eight, and I'm just throwing a number out there, but maybe eight ish years, um, and it's still needing to catch on. And, you know, when I took my master's in exercise science, um, it, it, everything was based around strength and conditioning and, uh big component of it was strength and conditioning for endurance athletes. We, we, we spent a lot of time um, researching and, and reading the research and um, really uh, proving that weight training for endurance athletes is, uh, is, 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 is is a non-discussion. It should happen basically.
0: And when you say, like, you didn't do strength training as part of your Olympic prep, did you do other things that were considered strength training? Like, did you do intentional hill climbing or big gear work or something that at the time was considered strength training,
1: quote unquote? Yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess uh, the the big gear uh, strength, yeah, strength on the bike blocks for sure. Uh, I still prescribe that to uh, some people that I, some some cyclists that I train. So strength on the bike would be, I suppose, considered strength training, you know, um, and, uh, Yeah, that's, 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 that's about it, you know, do some sit ups once in a while, some yoga. (laughs) But it was it wasn't. uh, Yeah, like a little the core. We did core. Yeah, that was our strength training core. Pretty much. You know, they go home and do some sit ups. And yeah, it wasn't it wasn't nearly what we have now as far as the knowledge and the guidance for the endurance athletes, which is great to see it emerging
0: totally it's really interesting cuz that's like that hits my story really hard too like where i i always struggled with my cycling that was my weak point in ironman and when i started to do like intentional weight training that's when i improved in cycling by miles like because it was such a massive weakness for me right and i was such like an engine driven athlete that i just like i just spin if a heel, if a hill came i'd just spin my legs faster right and i had a coach who noticed that and she's like you're like, what are you doing? She's like, you can't, you're like, you need to be stronger. So she got me in the gym. Um, and it really did work, but do you find that endurance athletes still tend to underestimate, uh, strength training?
1: It's, um, it's changing, but I would say yes, because everybody, every endurance athletes, including myself would probably rather be mountain biking, running, swimming, or doing, doing their endurance sports. You know, that's, that's what they loved. You know, um, it, it, the, the, the 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 information is out there and it's getting out there, but um until those until the endurance athletes um uh and their coaches talk to a strength coach like myself or or other um to to either explain to them or even show them um the the benefits of of strength training. Now strength training for a, a lot of people they think okay just going in the gym and squatting or you know or Arm curls or whatever it is, but it's not that at all. And and, and I guess I guess that's why that's why the, the term strength and con, strength and conditioning is is the more appropriate term. And you know the conditioning has its own um, app- applications as well. But just just as an example, um, uh, I'm swimming. Or I'm training a swimming group right now, and some of the parents had questions like, "Okay, are they going to be squatting or arm curling or whatever it is?" And and they came they came to my session, and it wasn't about that at all. It's about de- defining their, their weaknesses and working on, working on the weaknesses. Um, you know, swimmers need power. Swimmers, sw- swimmers, swimmers need, um, you know, obviously the, the prehab rehab, but there's a lot of, a, lo- a lot of things that when you do something over and over like cycling or swimming, you need to be, um, I guess, more, 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 more balanced um, and stronger to have more resiliency to train more. And so that that's, that's the underpinning, um, um, purpose behind strength training for endurance athletes. That's one of them is in, improving your resiliency to uh, to train and 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 and, and to, basically to handle, handle training loads. The other one is um, running running economy for you know a lot of sports require running um, and and the benefits of strength training com- strength training and combined plyometric training if and when you're ready. Um, are, are massive to improve running economy, and that that is everywhere. You can you can Google that and, and, and read all week on the benefits of strength and condition, strength training and plow metrics for running economy. And actually, I did um, my main uh, uh, paper in my master's program on that, and the, the the results are massive. Where you're seeing running running times decrease without an increase in VO two max. So mm, what does that tell you? You're not, mm-hmm. you're, you're not you're not more more aerobically fit. You're actually more um, uh, more, more um, efficient, and the intensity is making you faster. And that can be done through strength through strength work and plyometric work. And I've I've seen it I've seen it hap- I've seen it happen.
0: I love that. Okay, let's talk first about the resilience that you mentioned first with the swimming group you were working on, or with swimmers, cyclists, or runners. How do you build that kind of resilience that they need to do so many miles in their sport? Like, what does that actually look like in the details of the program?
1: Yeah, right. So, I mean, the the first thing, um, everybody's different. <laughs> uh, we know that, and 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 I, I bring them in, or they come in, and doing a an ass- moving as uh, like an, an assessment with them and see where where their we- where their weaknesses are and. The biggest one of the biggest things that I have worked with this so much in the past few years is 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 the way, um, especially as we age, um, the, the way we um, I'm going to say connect. Okay, so so how our connective chain is accepting load, okay? and and that becomes more important as we age because we we get into comp- compensation. Compensation patterns, okay, either through postural deficiencies because we're sitting at a computer all day, or, or or doing one one thing, you know, too much, any kind of compensation in our body because of injury or overuse, right? That's going to make some 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 muscles stronger and some muscles weaker. So uh, assessing that for the specific person is the is is the is the first thing. Mm-hmm. Um, um. So fr- from there, my approach with endurance athletes. Is, is is number one um, teaching them how to um, do the strength movements properly. And what I mean by that is is uh, for for example, if you do a squat, how are you loading that squat? What what where are you pushing down? How how are you? For for example, the posterior chain. I'm a big I'm a big component on glute glute activation, glute work because a lot of times people aren't able to tap in. To that, that those glu- the, the, the glutes. I, I know it's a big buzzword right now, but it is actually true. And I, I work with it continuously. That people um, don't know how to engage, you know, kind of engage the glutes to, to do do the movement properly, um, and and they get more, more into the ankles or the knee joints. And that 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 is has uh, been a passion of mine in the past probably eight ish years because um, I may have mentioned to you before that. Um, I have osteo- other ther- ther- knees. Mm. my doctor said I couldn't run, and I have a seven and a half year old son who I want to run with. And so, a long story short, I um I developed a program for myself because my, my glutes weren't weren't helping me at all. And I, I, I with working working with coworkers and 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 reading, it's like what what's going on? My knees are taking the grunt of my running, and so I put myself through. A, I made a program um that 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 worked on how to use my glutes for accepting load running and I got myself up to the point where I was running from zero um to a half marathon uh and I did I did a 70.3 um Ironman last year um and my doctor said I would never run again and right. that's what I was gonna say like after being told you'd never run again and now you're close to 50 and you're out there doing half marathons <laughs> like- yeah. and I'm still running and 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 to me, I said, if, if during this journey, I was like, if my knees get worse, because it's bone on bone, if my knees get worse, um, I mean, I, I I won't, I won't do it, but they never got worse. They actually felt better. And that was with integrating my glute, my glute program and running technique. And, um, I was able to improve my efficiency and I can still run. So I totally sidetracked there.
0: (laughs) Um, Oh, that was a great
1: (laughs) sidetrack. Um, so, and, and, and to that note, um, I've worked with a a lot, uh, many, many more people on, on that is how, how to, how, how to do the movements properly, because you can, you know, we can all go out to TikTok or YouTube or whatever, and look at all these exercises. But me, me as a strength coach and a movement coach, I, I, I help people do the movement and feel the movement and know why they're doing the movement properly. And, and that that's that that's 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 how you know that that's how um, i i can i can help p- uh people you know i i, I worked with a, a woman who who couldn't even find her co- her core or her her she didn't, she didn't know how to use her core because it it, it it had been it had been let's say um um a bit sleepy for 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 years and years and she she could never find them and we worked together to 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 find them you know doing different drills and 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 uh, activation stuff, so you know, uh, thing, th- things like that. Um, uh, another one going back to um, endurance athletes, and 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 you know, ex- you know, helping them find the whys and why to strength training. For example, it might not be just strength training. It might be, it might be, oh, my back doesn't hurt anymore. Like doing the program, you know, oh, I can do, I can do an Ironman now. My back doesn't hurt anymore, or. And I worked with a lady who who had back pain all the time. And we did a strength and conditioning program. And let's stop stop there. The strength and conditioning program is not just going, as I said, going in and lifting weights, it's looking at um, agility, plyometrics, um, mobility, Uh, we'll call it integrated core. And I say integrated core, because a lot of the exercises I I do, if you're doing like, for example, an upper body exercise, I integrate a position, a body position that's going to um, work your core as well. And you can find those on my YouTube channel. There's a lot of lot of different integrated workouts, uh, sorry, strength exercises that integrate your core. Your, your, I'm gonna call it your core um, as well, because your core is anything that stabilizes your pelvis. Um, and that's another conversation as well. But um, so showing the, you know, the, the the results speak for themselves as far as you know the the other. Not only getting more powerful, stronger, more um, uh, having better economy, but your body feeling better throughout your event. So, um, and that, and that's,
0: um, that that's, that's happened quite a bit. Yeah. I, I really related to you talking about the woman who couldn't recruit part of her core, you know, and I, I had a situation when I was very early in my career. And this is like, you know, you have to imagine I'm coming, I was maybe second or third at an Ironman. So I'm like an elite athlete. I'm on the podium in my sport and I get this injury and I go to see the physio and I can't recruit my glute meat, like literally. I don't know how to do it. <laughs> like my brain is not it's very shocking to be like that kind of high level athlete and she's asking me to do this simple movement, this simple squat movement and I can't do it, right? So that was like a huge wake up call for me in terms of like, oh man, I actually need a more cohesive program to make sure that like
1: everything is stable, you know. Yeah, well, that that's that's very interesting and 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 I'm glad that you brought that up because if it's it happens more often than not. You know, because I, because again, we you know f- through repetition and or compensating patterns, that happens to a lot of people, including myself, <laughs> with 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 my, with my glutes and and, and my, my journey. But um, and that's where a strength coach and a properly designed strength program will help. That. And that's where you, that's where you start to see the gains in performance. Especially as as we mature, I'll call it right. Right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and And you you're preempting my next question. So, (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I'm I'm wondering about like how you um, adapt strength training for athletes as we age, um, and if there are specific things that we should be doing more of or less of.
1: Yeah. Um. You know, as as we age, our muscles are not keeping up. I'll call it sarcopenia. Is is a, a a big issue with loss of muscle mass as as we as we age and um i work with a, a lot of my clientele are between 50 and 78 um a lot in the 60s yep and you know it, depend, it depends on the person um but sometimes i don't sometimes i don't train the older athletes too much different than the younger athletes because the younger athletes are still needing assistance and activation or their you know glute need, for example for you or their core and I have some older athletes that can do things that some of my younger athletes can't <laughs> and 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 it, it it's it's amazing because they've been maybe perhaps training with me longer or been training longer um um but for the for the for the for the more mature athletes um for the most part I always make sure that you know fundamentally they can sp- squat properly, push, pull, uh, um, uh, rotate, anti-rotation. But I always include some form of plyometrics.
0: Mm, Interesting.
1: You know, maybe not right away, um, but there are some low level plyometrics um, that, that you can because that's something that, that we always want to be able to, we always want to be able to react. So, and, and agility, so agility is change of direction stuff. We, we always want to be able to, to do it. And, and if we don't do it, we lose it. Like for, for, for example, I, I worked with a, uh, an older, an older client and he was a soccer player, but through health issues and stuff, um um not playing soccer anymore, but in the gym, do we train soccer stuff? Oh yeah, we do. Right. We do agilities, we do cones because he likes it and 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 it's important to keep that keep that in your life so plyometrics for the for the fast twitch muscle fibers for muscle tendon stiffness um uh is yeah so that that's how one thing i always include um with training more mature people uh uh clients and or athletes uh, balance yeah. balance of course is a big one um but balance is important for everybody again one of the swimmers i trained a young young kid grade 9 um you know uh, struggles with balance and um in the pool you don't do a lot of balancing so again the point to a strength and conditioning program for swimmers is work on the working on the things that you don't work on in your in your sport um so that's so that sort of the i digressed a little bit there again so the second thing um, there was balance and posture postural work for the the aging client um or the more mature athlete uh uh postural postural work interesting can you just just for anyone
0: who's not familiar can you give us a couple examples of of each of those things like what plyometrics balance work and postural work actually look like in practice
1: yeah right so um so a, a simple a simple plyometric um would be uh, a a hop okay so any kind of hopping or bounding or um th- things things that i'm going to just kind of speak in general terms here um, things that things that make you react, I can get more in detail with the stretch shortening cycle of muscles and etc. But but a simple thing would be a jump. Okay, like a, a like a three jumps, for example, three hops would be a simple one. So including including that kind of thing in in, in your daily life for the fast switch muscle fiber stuff. Um, um, a, a balance exercise, um, standing on one leg and taking um, taking a, an object and following that object overhead, passing it to the other side. And then repeat that over and over. So standing on one leg, it's called an object um, follow. Uh, so it could be a simple example of a balance exercise. Um, and then a posture exercise um, could could be as simple as um, a Superman or a back extension lying on the ground. You're on your tummy and you're lifting your back up um, as, a, as, a, as a very general example to that. Um, there's, again, there's lots on my YouTube channel you can, you can find right. that as well.
0: Yeah, those are great examples. As we head into summer, rest and recovery are critical for improving sports performance, reducing stress, and living a long and healthy life. We should all invest in better sleep. So think about the thing you lay your head on for eight hours a night. If it's not exactly right for you, it can lead to needless tossing and turning, Or worse, have you waking up with an unrelenting kink in your neck. My new Lagoon Pillow has helped me improve my sleep immensely by pairing me with the Performance Pillow that has everything I need. So I personally was matched with the Otter Pillow, shout out to Team Otter, which I love because it has a gentle cooling effect. And then use the code performance for 15% off your first purchase. That's code performance at lagoonsleep.com/ forward slash performance whole 15% off. And the link is in the show notes. You can just click through there. Building muscle can be tough and gains can be so slow, even for those of us who do a lot of strength training. As an ex-endurance athlete who is now in perimenopause, I know this all too well. It can be frustrating to put in the time in the gym and not see the results I'm looking for. That's why it's super important to take the right supplements at the right time. One of those supplements is essential amino acids, which are needed to trigger muscle protein synthesis. Muscle protein synthesis happens when you eat high quality protein like eggs or whey. And by supplementing with additional essential amino acids, you can make sure you are getting the full benefit of your training sessions. Targeted essential amino acid formulas can be up to four times more effective than just eating protein. I've personally been running in the Alma Cruz, and I love them. It's the shoe I always wanted and never knew I needed. The fit is perfect in every way. You can get your own pair of Hedas at Hedas.com and use the code FEISTY20 for 20% off. That's FEISTY20 at Hedas.com and it will all be in the show notes. Um, and then I just... For our, I know that our audience has a lot of endurance athletes, so that's why I keep going back to that point, but um, how do you fit strength training into an endurance sports program? So if someone's training for a marathon, you know, but they also want to do the strength training, not just to support what they're doing, but to actually get stronger um, or to live well, how do you fit that? How do you fit it into the program? Like, do you do the training, strength training on the same day as running or on a different day? Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. So I think... I think it depends on on the age of the of the athlete mm-hmm. and at what stage they're at in their training. So I'm going to give an example. Like, for example, let's let's talk about the the, the aging the aging the aging athlete. Okay, <laughs> um, a lot of the aging athletes um, I work with, um, they've been doing it a long time, right? They have they have the miles, they have the endurance. You know, you could, you know say go out and ride 100 kilometers, that'd be no problem, right? Um, so for for, for them, if they were to take 30 to 45 minutes out of their training program two times a week to do strength, they won't even miss that 45 minutes of endurance. You know what I mean? Like they can afford in the in their, in their bank, they can afford to take the time out because people always freak out like, Oh, I need to get my miles in still. I need to get my, in, you know, my, my intervals in intervals. In. But, but because we have so many miles, you can take that out and you're not going to notice. So, so with, with strength, with, with the strength training and I've seen it and I've, tested it and I've seen the results um, two times a week, ge- two times a week, generally for endurance athletes uh, in the gym, I've done between 30 minutes and, and an hour uh, of specific work. And I have seen improvements in um, rate of force development uh, mm-hmm. or e- and let's call it, it's actually called eccentric utilization rate ratio. It's called the EUR. And mm-hmm. the eccentric utilization ratio is, is basically um, your efficiency in in accepting loads so um do you want me to explain that (laughs) sure (laughs) (laughs) one of the testing uh the tests that i do when you come in to assess for example runners is you get them to do a um it's called a squat jump uh where you go to the bottom of like basically a squat position hold it and then jump up that's one test and then the other test is. i'm just i'm
0: sorry i'm just imagining runners doing that (laughs) it's like i can see there would be a variety of abilities to go to depth
1: Oh, yeah. there's, there's flexibility
0: there's, there's, levels I
1: mean, yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah yeah watching some triathletes jump jump is is is, is, is fun let's call it yeah i'm, I'm not the best either <laughs> by any means watching a cyclist jump as well um and then the other one's called the counter movement jump where you kind of come down really fast, like come down and then jump up and and i i can i can we we can we can test uh your efficiency of movement um before the the program and after the program and i've seen improvements in your ability to release energy and that release of energy is what makes you run faster one of the things one of the things that makes you run faster so uh that's one of the the objective tests that i do to see if people are improving and um through the programs that that i write Mm -hmm. um uh oh i lost my train of thought there um um we were working on, uh, eccentric utilization ratio. Yeah. And, um, so two times a week, 30, yeah. to 40, 30, to 30, 30, minutes to it to, to an hour. Um, and, um, you want to be fresh for your specific workouts. Mm-hmm. So strength training, I, I, work, I work very, very closely with this, with the, uh, with the, um, sport coach. Okay. Whatever sport I'm, I'm training. Um, because the sport coach is 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 the boss, and we need to work very 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 closely with the sport coach to, to make sure that the strength training doesn't interfere with this specificity of the program that the that the, that the um, that the coach is working with, um, or, or, or that the coach the, the sport coach is doing. So, um, I always say, do your specific workout first, mm-hmm. and and then the strength training after, for the most part, and. It's a little bit of a gray area there, but you want to make sure. For example, your training efforts, your, your training session is is a priority on on the trainer, for example, or the or the track, and then strength training coming after that. Um, the, the, the The biggest thing is um, you. It's, it's called the interference effect. Um, ideally, you want your strength training separated by your endurance training by five to six hours, um, but that is negotiable. <laughs> Uh, depending on for example i i still use a technique where i have people in the gym doing a strength session and then going out and doing a um a strength session on the bike and that was that was it's still it's still here <laughs> and and it was one of my favorite workouts because the potentiation of the strength training session in the gym and then you bring it right to the bike is phenomenal the, the, the strength you feel on the bike after doing a strength session is 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 amazing and it, the transfer the, the transfer of training there in that technique is 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 fantastic if you're ready for it not everybody's ready for it um but for the most part you know you you can go out and do a, a little easy you know cool down jog after a strength session but for the most part you want to be fresh for your sport specific workout
0: yeah i love that you brought that up about the strength training and then immediately followed by a strength bike ride or something like that that's a technique that i used to win ironman right oh wow year. yeah right. especially i think in particular when your event is that long and it's really you know, you're really dependent on how strong you are. So it like, it just created like having that much load on the total session, like between the strength training session. And then, the, you know, I would do, I would do a lot, like not a really long bike ride, like not a six hour bike ride, but a three or four hour bike ride off of that strength training. Um, it really worked well for me. And I also remember those studies that you, um, that you just mentioned, like with having the five hours between the strength training and the cardio or, or the aerobic session. Um, I remember actually like, that just brought back a memory. I was like, oh yeah, I remember looking that up and
1: being like, this is. I don't think I can do this in my in my weekly training program. Um, go ahead. Yeah, no, yeah, you know, primarily that that interference effect is 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 for hypertrophy, so the the, the building of muscle. Uh, but there have been there, there there is there is some talk about still keeping that 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 time between between the workouts um and so you know depending on the person's goals and 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 their training load because as you said sometimes you you just can't you just can't you don't have that 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 time gap that you can so um, you know i think i think that for endurance um uh athletes i think that could be a good area of research and maybe i need i need to research more of that um as well do some more reading up on that, about the inter- interference effect of, and maybe some listeners um, can enlighten me on that as as well.
0: Yeah. I'm not sure if that, yeah, I, I would be interested in that too. I've never heard anything either. I'm mostly here at the, you mostly hear it the other way, like that your endurance training's hurting your strength gains maybe, mm-hmm. somehow, or this this type of questioning. Um, I also want to ask you about, um, like the uh, you said you have a lot of um, clients who are 50 to 70 right? So if you have folks who are, they've been active all their lives, I'm assuming, I'm kind of making that assumption that that's part of your clientele, that part of a subsection anyway of of who you're working with. Um, And they're looking to just kind of like maximize health and wellness and be strong, you know, through aging. Um, How, what do the, what do their programs look like when they come to you?
1: Um, Strong through aging, are they sorry, athletes or just general, general pop? general
0: pop like if they're just looking for to be as strong and active as possible for the rest of their life
1: yeah right yeah um there's there's so many fun things you can find i call them fun because i think they're fun um so you know there's 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 a a few facets that we work with number one is working on a capacity so improving improving their capacity to do work you know, I'm going to say in the gym because we're, we are, we are in the gym. So that, you know, if, if we have somebody that if I have somebody that comes in and they're you know they they have, haven't haven't exercised for a while, we just start to improve their capacity for work, and 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 over a few weeks by doing you know a capacity type program, uh, and when I say a capacity type program, it it, it is um um uh, a bigger set doing doing uh, a number of different exercises without stopping. So you know getting a bit a bit gassed. Um, you know, gas meaning out of you know out of breath and not fully recovering be- before the next exercise. Whereas if you do a strength uh, you know more of a strength based pro- program, you're wanting to do an exercise, be fully recovered before you do the next set,
0: right? Mm-hmm. So so mm-hmm.
1: so building people's capacity gives them the confidence that they're getting that that they're getting fitter and stronger because we're doing strength related capacity um, um, exercises. So by giving them the confidence. And confidence in the gym is massive for uh, overall uh, spectrums of uh, elite athletes. You know, that's a secondary effect from strength training is confidence. So, uh, so co- confidence. And, and then from there, because some people are, are afraid to do strength training because they, they think they're going to get hurt. And yes, you might get hurt if you're not under the right um, um, uh, instruction. Right. So that, that, that's um then from the capacity, then we can start working on strength plow metrics and, and then, and then getting into power. Like who doesn't love slamming a med ball down? <laughs> <True>. <laughs> right. Or, you know, I, 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 I was working with a 73 year old who we, we were doing sled pushes, you know, sled pushes, med ball slams. And she was completely capable of doing it. And she was rocking it, right? Mm-hmm. She loved it.
0: hmm Of course. I love that you brought up the confidence piece too. I I feel like that's off. Actually, I did an interview earlier this week where someone asked me like what they were, we were talking about building my business, like an entrepreneurship. And she asked me like, what, how do I feel empowered or how do I keep myself feeling empowered? And I was like, lifting (laughs) like that. She was not expecting that answer, right? Like she's expecting I have some mantra or something, which I also do. You know, I also have mental, mental skills that I practice, but definitely like lifting heavy or just strength training in general like i do crossfit now has really um helped my mind body connection and keeping me feeling strong throughout the process of living a completely different life than what i lived in a pro athlete like do you find that to be true of your with the people you work with as well
1: oh 100 100 because i mean the, the strong just you know the stronger people get they're like oh i uh I'm like flying up this set of stairs now or, 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 or even I'm, I'm, I I can feel my, my proper muscles working. Like I have a client who she was like, she went for a hike the other day. She goes, yeah, I was completely able to, to connect with my, my muscles to hike up this, up this, up this climb versus just hiking up the climb. So the the connectiveness and the, the awareness of, of, you know, not that you want to be thinking about it all the time because it does become automatic, but their, their, their awareness of, of body awareness, Mm -hmm. Um, is, is, is massive. And, and um, yeah, just the, 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 you know, you know, if an athlete, if an athlete came and came back, for example, from, from an event and perhaps they didn't do very well, you know, they come back to the gym and, and, you know, we not only work on the physical aspect, but also the mental aspect and, and, and to, to help raise their confidence after perhaps a hard, a hard, a hard time away or being away for a long period of time. And they leave, in a completely different mental state than what they came, so that's a, 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 neat, a neat thing to experience. Actually, I
0: love that, um, well, Gina, Thank you so much. Um, I feel like I've learned a ton, and the audience, I'm sure, learned a ton. Is there anything that we missed that you want people to know?
1: Uh, I'm making sourdough bread right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry, I don't. I don't. I don't have. I don't. I don't. I don't think so. No, I. Okay, I feel like we covered a lot of good ground. So. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't think so. It was a great conversation. Thanks for having me.
0: Cool. Yeah. Where can we find you? How can we follow you? Or how can we have a look at some of the programs that you offer?
1: Yeah, um, on my website, it was called uh, Train With Grain. Um, oh. uh, there are a number of different programs on there. Um, the cycling programs, some running programs. Those are um, uh, programs that were very, were in and are, have been, blah <laughs> very successful in um in working on the uh, uh, efficiency and the rate of force development for runners and for, and for cyclists. Um, and also my YouTube channel, uh, Train With Grain, or you can Google me, Gina Grain, and you'll find you'll find it there. Um, and those two places, YouTube channel and, and my website for now.
0: Cool. Well, everybody check it out. And Gina, thank you so much again for joining us
1: today. Awesome, thank you so much.